search industry from Europe to the Americas and beyond. And now, WebmasterRadio.fm presents Strike Point. <laughs> Welcome back to Strike Point. We are live again for the first time in well, several months. Uh, and I'm so happy that we are able to bring back Strike Point because I have really, really missed it and I hope some of you listeners out there have missed it too. However, there have been a few changes. Um, my original co-host in StrikePoint, David Naylor, unfortunately got too busy with um, his clients and stuff, which is good, of course, in a way. Um, so that's one reason we, we had to take this long break uh, with StrikePoint. And Jason uh, Duke will probably still jump in on the show now and then, but uh, is not able to do a show on a regular basis. So basically, I have, we had to reinvent the show a little bit. I'm still going to be here, and um, I have found two excellent co-hosts that will um, each come in one every second week, um, and I want to welcome one of them today. The other one is coming in a little bit later. Um, I'm here. Mikkel. She's here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. So we have both of the new co-hosts for Strike Point live with us today. I'm really happy. So let me uh, introduce first uh, Andy Atkins Kruger, and the second co-host is Christian Mahauksen, yeah. my very good Mikkel, friends. Mikkel, and, just yeah. to give you a fair warning, I'm having uh, 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 I, I will jump off for five minutes, have to take care of things, but I'll, I'll be back. That's good, to be Christian. With you in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, because the funny thing is that. We are, you know, three, I would say, recognized uh, experts in international marketing. No, notorious, and, I think. Is the word yeah. <laughs> and, but, still, but still, we were not even able to set the time today right across borders. So, fortunately, Christian, we communicate a little bit wrong about the time for the show. So, Christian was uh, one hour late with his uh, babysitter. But he managed to fix it really, really quickly and he's here with us. So, that's good. I want to uh, let Andy and, and Christian, uh, one by one, um, just you know, explain just a few minutes about uh, your background in, in search. So go on, uh, Andy. Okay, so uh, first of all, just a quick question. Does the fact that Dave Naylor is now busy and can't make it to the show mean that we must be not busy? So we're, <laughs> we're here to drum up some business, maybe. But my name's Andy, and I've been in the search business for uh, some 15 years or so, since the days of Alta Vista. Um, and uh, I founded a business called WebCertain uh, back in the very late 90s and specialize in international search. And uh, my other hobby is uh, collecting air miles and traipsing around the globe in all sorts of different aircraft. aircraft. And if you want to know which are the best aircraft to fly in, I'm a really good source. <laughs> Maybe you're the one behind SeatGuru.com. Oh, I'm a fan. I use it regularly. <laughs> I didn't invent it, but I rely on it. 
It is actually a very good site. So for anybody out there who's traveling a lot and don't know about that site, you should definitely next time you have a flight, go to seatguru.com. They wow. have listed, I think, just about any single airline in, 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 on the planet and, and all the different flights they're flying on. And they, so, so basically you go in and you select your flight and you can see which are the good seats and which are the bad seats. And of course, especially avoid the bad ones. <laughs> uh, that's better a really, on an app, actually. Works better as an app because you it, can take it with you. Yeah. Oh, they have an app now? Yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, it's getting better. Thank you, Andy. Um, Christian, could you um, throw in a few words about you? Yeah, well, uh, I'm, I'm originally uh, a um, sound engineer. Uh, we have a similar background, Michael. I know you're a sound engineer also. Yep. So I, I, studied, I studied electronics way, way back and, and uh, discovered computers and uh, Started my first business roughly around 1993-1994, tearing computers apart. And then uh, this wonderful thing, the internet, became uh, um, more public. And uh, I think I created my first website around 1996 and didn't know what to do with it, but I made it uh, with, with, do you remember the tilders? The tilder signs that that, that you you had in front of the the URLs. And uh, what, yeah, and... uh, that was, man, just talking about that, that was so much fun. But uh, then uh, I was approached by uh, the chambers of, uh, or sorry, the uh, Trade Council of Iceland asking if we could use this thing called the internet to market uh, on, and I thought maybe. And that's 1997, so since then I've just been doing this more or less. And uh, yeah, so we are here now. And uh, I'm very, very happy that you both uh, accepted to be on um, on StrikePoint and help me out <laughs> and try and make this into a new, maybe even better show than we ever had before. So, what's on the program today? Well, as some of you may have heard, um, Alta Vista was put in the grave. And we already already mentioned Alta Vista a couple of times in the introduction. Um, I don't know if that's a sign of how old we really are. But yeah. anyway... As some of you may have heard, Alta Vista was put in the grave finally by Yahoo uh, last Monday. So no more Alta Vista, and that's going to inspire us to talk a little bit about the early days of SEO, the long travel that we've been through and all the changes, and maybe also a little bit about what we may see will come in the future. So where is SEO going? I don't think we can drum up any beats on the whole, is SEO going to die thing because I don't really think any of us believes that. <laughs> but we will talk a little bit about uh, SFS then the old days. And then there's a couple of um, of business news that we also want to cover. Uh, hopefully we'll get a little bit of time to cover the issues that Europe in general have with uh, Google's uh, privacy policies. There's some things going on there at the moment. Uh, and also, um, new studies are again um, undermining the disclosure that not only Google but all the search engines are basically making on their search ads because the fact remains apparently that um, very many of the search users don't see them as ads. And according to, of course, according to most European laws, I guess all European laws, Consumers have to know when an ad is an ad. So we're going to come back to that. But let's uh, let's start out. Uh, we, we have at least five minutes before we need to um, take another break. Um, start with Elsa Vista. Um, how, when did you first meet uh, Elsa Vista, guys? 
I, I can say I can say for myself that, that I was actually refreshing my memory about the tilt sign, and I found this really nice article uh, on a website with with has the headline "Why Tilda Should Not Be Used in Web Addresses," and actually that is how I met with with uh, uh, Alta Vista for the first time because we had problems getting websites indexed, and we found out that when people had sub 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 websites under under in folders. But they normally put tildas in front of the uh, folder name, so uh, the the, uh, the crawler couldn't uh, crawling. And that, that, I think that was my first uh, uh, my first uh, uh, encounter with uh, um, with Amstavin. And you could say that that was like a kind of a technical SEO where we had to deal with uh, mm. old legacy problems like the tilde within uh, Unix and and, and, and the old. Uh, the old Microsoft uh, uh, Windows NT stuff, yeah, that was fun. But but it, it was pretty easy compared with uh, some of the present day stuff that you have to think about. I mean, it's it was the the golden age of uh, let's get a website to rank somewhere and get a few a, a few clicks, and there wasn't that much to do. It wasn't that well? Complex. There was actually there was actually a lot to do, especially if you were an evil spammer like like not me, <laughs> but some of my friends. <laughs> um, we wanted well, thousands of pages indexed in in Alta Vista, of course. Um, and you, do you guys remember how it was back then? You actually had to, you, more or less, you had to, if you at least if you wanted some fast indexing, to submit every single page. Mm, and yeah. I think at some point Alta Vista got really tired of it, so they made a limit of what was it like five or ten pages you could submit a day. Or something we hated that, mm. um, but in the in, in in the beginning, I remember we were, we were just submitting tons of pages, and that was we even had. Do you remember we had tools back then, uh, mm. auto auto submitters? <laughs> yes, for 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 but, the crawler engines. My favorite story about Alta Vista is that I met the guy who was at the time in charge of or had been in charge of the. Uh, the algorithm at uh, Alta Vista at a conference. I think it was probably SES or something in London, going back a good few years. And so we got talking and I said, so uh, why did you actually leave Alta Vista? What made up your mind? And he said, well, for nine months, I'd been watching Google coming in as the top search term and I decided the writing was on the wall and off I went. Yeah. Which is ironic yeah. when you think Facebook is now the top search term in Google. Is that trying to tell us something similar? <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's uh, an interesting analogy, I would say. You know, guys, think about one of the reasons why. The, the, firstly, you, you kind of right, Mitchell, when you said that it was easier to get ranked. I mean, in 1996, there were around 100,000 websites uh, around compared to 160 million in 2008. And, and the, the, the crawlers were on a totally different... Uh, uh, they were on a totally different... Uh, um, Platform than Google was when Google came in, and then what has happened since then. But one thing was, I'm, I'm, I'm going through this stuff here, and then I'm remembering a lot of fun stuff. One of the things which I'm remembering is is is, is, is site speed, which is an issue now, and 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 it's mainly because of the massive amount of data that is out there. But in in, in, in way back, uh, way way back in 1996, 1997, we're talking about uh, modems of 28.8 and 33.6. And I remember I had a double ISDN line, and, and that was massive uh, in regard to this. And, and the screen resolutions, man, 640 times 480, 800, 600. 
And these are like the smartphones today. And actually, my smartphone is actually, I think, roughly about, what, 1900-something times, times uh, uh, 1280. So, so, so even the smartphones are, are, are better than the computers at that time. Like, better, actually. Far better, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but, of course, link building was very different. There wasn't, I mean, there was not link building. That I mean, if you go back to 96, 97, there wasn't any, any link building being made for other than traditional marketing purposes. I mean, a link on a, on right, a relevant right. website is a good you, link because, you know, we get you know, people to click it and come to our website, but, but not, for, not for SEO purposes. Um, well, there was EU, remember, wasn't there? That was the main place you wanted to link, and it was, uh, it, was, it was for traffic. It wasn't for any kind of ranking effect. Well, there was there was originally uh, another reason too, because I, maybe you could actually say that that um, yeah, who was the first link building hub? Because there yeah, was the first, there was the a first t- link farm. <laughs> n- no, in, but yeah. but it was it was really an authority hub because do you yeah. remember there was I can't remember if Google was also using it. No, Google they went with uh, sorry, Google went with ODP of course, but yeah. essentially what the crawlers did to begin with was. Um, launch their crawlers with a set of URLs taken from a trusted source, and Yahoo was one of the sources used by crawlers. Yeah. I yeah. know that. And, Google and, and, heavily on Yahoo, and yeah. they also the relied field. on on uh, Dima's uh, ODP. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, they they used that as a as a as a. Uh, I think Google had the most prominent version of ODP <laughs> available for many years. Um, but do you remember? Michael, do you remember? Um, this is a flashback. Uh, do you remember if you knew somebody who was an editor uh, at the open OTB line? That was like yeah. gold owning somebody who was an editor. Like, yeah. get, get, get yourself in there. Yeah, I remember taking I remember taking them for, for dinner at Indian meals, you know, because it was useful to get to know them. <laughs> yeah. But, um, of course, the, the next thing that happened uh, going through the history of my history at that time was I was in the off. I was working in the marketing team at the time, and uh, somebody said to me, "Oh, you know, you're, you're a, f- a fan of that Alta Vista. Come and have a look at this new thing they've launched," and showed me a screen with nothing on it apart from this sort of search box thing in the middle and a couple of buttons. So it was something called Google, Google, something like that. And I looked at it and said, "What the heck's that? There's no links. Where'd you go?" Yeah. Things have changed. Yeah, but and that was that was about this. That was about the same time, or, or, or shortly after. I think, at least, I mean, Google got got well known at a point where Alta Vista had got infected with the portal disease, as right. I like to call it. I mean, they they, they changed uh, the pure search into what was back then. Uh, do you remember the, the the whole fuss about portals? I mean, who whoever talks about portals anymore? And <laughs> we talk about great well, websites. You, you yeah. But but back then, back down. then there was so much so much focus on the whole portal concept, which luckily enough proved not to work so well. Um, and Alta Vista went down that route, and suddenly Alta Vista was filled up with all kinds of services and flashing mm. ads, and it was just becoming really crowded. And as you pointed out, Christian, that was at a time where our internet connection was so slow <laughs> that it's, it's really ridiculous that we had to put up with that. And, and I think that was one of the, the, the reasons that a lot of people uh, initially liked Google so much because it was just that white page and a search box, no advertising, 10 blue links, nothing Well, that's more. right. We're, we're now in 1998 and there were no ads. <laughs> 
guys. Yeah. Just oh, awesome. We are talking about memory plastic here. Does anybody remember what Yahoo was named before it was named Yahoo? Oh, I've forgotten. Nope. It was called Jerry's Guide to the World Wide Web. <laughs> that was Yahoo <laughs> in 1994. Yeah. And it was, it, Yahoo became Yahoo in 1995. So, so we're talking about walk through memory lane here. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and, and things were changing. They were changing fast. And, and, and people don't, people often tend to forget that, 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 that to get to where we are now, we had to go through all kinds of hoops. And they, they were, they were, I remember web design at that time, it's kind of getting to that complexity now again because of smartphone stuff like that. But there was no clear winner in regards to search. They had 10%, 5%, 60%, and you had local search in, uh, you know, in Denmark, yeah. and in Kerry, they had and they were local search engines, and like they were, you had to be optimizing for maybe 20, 30, 40 links search engines, like web crawler or whatever they were named. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and so on. So, so, the complexity was totally different, and you there were needs, there were neat certain things, and and all that. They they kind of there, but then this Google came and took over. He uh, will make most of the market. Whatever happened to the information superhighway? Did we get it, or <laughs> is it still to come? Because that's what they were describing it all as in those days. Certainly, the media were talking about the information superhighway. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, having said that, um, we're going to have a very short break. Um, our sponsors will present themselves. Um, so please uh, welcome our sponsors. And when we get back, we will discuss further why did Elsa Vista die? An interesting question. And could the same thing happen to the kings of search today? So um, please welcome our sponsors. Uh, we will be back in a minute. Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break, only on webmasterradio.fm. <laughs> oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. 
Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. Your mission, initiate internet marketing measures. Your arsenal, the weapons of mass marketing. Weapons of mass marketing, on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, back to Strike Point, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Strike Point. My name is Mikkel Demip Svensson, and with me I have Andy Atkins Kruger. Um, Christian had to run out for just 10-15 minutes, as we said in the first segment. He, well, we all had a timing issue here, so yeah. Well, it's a long story. He will be back for the last segment. So let's continue where we ended um, before the break. We we talked about the early days of Alta Vista, and I, I'm not sure if we really got, got across to anybody who wasn't really active at that point, how big Alta Vista really was at that time, mm-hmm. at, the, at the peak of Alta Vista's life. I mean, Alta Vista was, or maybe it's the other way around, <laughs> but Alta Vista was uh, uh, the Google of its time, I think. Of course, the market was much smaller, but they were really, really dominating in, in a lot of regions. And uh, I think at that time, most people saw as a vista, you know, kind of like the way people see Google today, as an leader of that market that would never, you know, would, that would never change. You know, as a vista would always be, you know, number one. And then, uh, but things changed. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that was partly where I was coming from with this, the story about, um, you know, the the. The guy showing me the Google the first time, and at the time, the most important thing to us in our marketing lives was Alta Vista. So, you know, this newcomer on the block, it, it was more like, well, what do you want to spend time on that for? You know, we've got to make sure that we're ranking for it in Alta. It's uh, a <laughs> Google thingy, you can wait. Yeah. And it's, it's, I think it's the first time in, in SEO history because, I mean, let's face it, the SEO history is not that old. Um, but I think it was the first time in, in history that change happened uh, towards Google. A lot of SEO got surprised about how something they expected to be more or less permanent, as a Vista being the biggest search engine, could change as fast as it actually did. Um, and... Uh, and the SEOs that had been very, you know, focused on just Elsa Vista and nothing else, or at least benchmarked against, benchmarked against that, they, um, they of course lost a lot of traffic when everybody moved to Google. It kind of like, it kind of like reminds me of, of what I've been going on with, with social-like medias for the past, I don't know, five, ten years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Face, it, Facebook it, walk, wiping out the other contingents around around the globe. Is pretty similar mm. to what happened with Google. I mean, what, yeah, one, I mean of the sad, one of the sad things, in a way, that happened with uh, Google's arrival was that we also lost a lot of other search engines that were were, were kind of neat at the time, like Voila in France and uh, Virgilio in Italy. And I mean, they still exist, but uh, that they kind of became portal, uh, well, Google mouthpieces in the end as they took their results from from Google, and we lost that diversity, which was. You know, in some ways, much more interesting at the time. 
I was, I, but yeah, but you know, I, I do, I do understand it maybe more than the most SEOs because, as you remember, back then in um, well, actually early two thousands, um, for a time uh, I was uh, the, the general manager of the search engine Kvasir, that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, in the Danish department of that yeah. search engine, and that was like the leading uh, search engine in, in Scandinavia at the time, local search engine at least. And um, and then later, I did a lot of work for UB that at the time was also um, yeah, using I its remember. own crawl technology yeah. with with Ankiro, which is a company I later worked on on search technology. Yeah. But 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 anyway, um, I think that that the whole idea that you can produce good local search and maybe do it even better than a global player like Google or Microsoft can do um, is essentially wrong. Or at least you cannot produce a better crawler-based uh, index. Because mm. what we found uh, is that the, the original idea was that, well, maybe we can just crawl Danish web pages and do that better than AltaVista or Google or whoever uh, and just do that. Like segmentation, typical segmentation is a you know good, good business model, but the problem is it turned out is that you cannot find out which are the best Danish pages unless you crawl the entire web. Yeah, because well, this, this you can, I mean, if you if you only take the pages that are on .dk, then you're going to have a lot of pages that are really not in Danish because there are also mm. pages on .dk that are not in Danish, and also even worse. You're, you're going to lose out a, a ton of content that is on .com or .org or .nu or you know whatever, yeah. um, and 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 that are in Danish and that are really really very relevant. A lot of Danish businesses, for instance, are on a .com. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, well, it's, uh, yeah, go on. Yeah, there's a re- the related issue uh, with uh, that's reported by Yandex, of course, in Russia, which is a you know a, a search engine that's gone through that and survived it in a way. And um, one of the reasons they have Yandex.com and crawl, you know, the world's pages is because they want to be able to provide to their users who are searching in Russia, they want to be able to provide terms that they search for in English or in Latin characters rather than Russian characters. So effectively, in order to do exactly the point you were making, really, to deliver that local regional resource, they actually have to have a global resource. And I think that's actually a very interesting uh Think that, that a lot of us have realized that you you to understand in a local market you need to uh, uh, analyze global data yeah. uh, because you cannot you cannot uh, extract uh, you cannot pre-extract the data so to speak you cannot say I only want to crawl Danish pages because you don't know which are Danish pages unless you crawl the entire web. <laughs> yeah. And I think, but anyway, you know, coming back to to, to what we where we came from, I think that is is essentially one of the things that helped kill the idea of local polls with local search, um, because as it turned out, Google search with a local um, fil- filtering, like yeah. you get on, on Google.dk, you get a, you know a, a Danish filtering, basically Danish you know speaking sites, uh, yeah. and and pretty good. They actually turned out much better the results than the local search engine could uh, provide. I think it's I think it's also about technology and scale, isn't it? I mean, Google was able to draw on massive resources to invest and to to develop huge data centers around the globe, which you know that infrastructure is one of the things that they've got. 
that makes it very difficult to somebody go and launch against them right now. Well, I, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily think that they have to be true because uh, for the consumer, it's just a question of do I trust this brand? Do it provide the 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 the, the tool that I need? Does it give me good search results? Essentially, in this case, um, I don't think they care so much about geeky stuff like how is no, no, but, the host. But, you know, hold on. Just, to get those relevant results, you've got to have all of the pages. You have to have all the content. And to get all of the content, you've actually got to have a massive system to go and gather it all, to pick out yeah. the bits, just those yeah, yeah. 10 links that people yeah. actually need. Yeah, exactly. Going backward in my argument, of course, to crawl the entire web, which yeah. today is like thousands of billions of URLs. Yeah, it is trillions of, of, of URLs. Which is a massive data set to, to, to handle. That that of course you know yeah you're right that takes a massive uh, infrastructure. I mean uh, uh, going back to the early days, you, you you remember that too when 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 Elsa Vista launched its uh, twenty million page index, right? I re- I remember the days when we used to count yeah. the index sizes, yeah, and that and that went yeah. on for quite a while. Yeah, it did. It did Kept building until it got ridiculous, of course. Yeah. Until it got ridiculous, uh, but there at that point, and and I remember all the other surgeons at that time had indexes of about two million uh, uh, yeah. pages. So when when Elsa Vista came out, it was like ten times more than the others. Uh, well, you see, and, and that was that was so impressive. You see, the 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 other uh, side of this argument is that maybe with the sheer scale of the of the web, with those trillions of uh, of URLs, maybe there will come a time where the only way you can actually crawl the web is to do something similar to what Facebook is doing, which is to have human beings go and find the content for you. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe that's where the future lies. Who knows? Yeah, I I I, I definitely think that that humans uh, will always play a role in in, in search. It always have yeah. the, the 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 balance, of course, have have shifted so that the 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 almost purely editorial search uh, tools like like the directories and Yahoo and ODP are kind of fading away um, in favor of the crawler-based uh, search tools. And yeah, don't, think- don't you think that's partly to do with the technology? I mean, one of the things we're really used to these days is those Ajax um, tools where you go and start typing something and you, you know, like you get your, your search suggest appears, but just in almost every walk of life, you expect things to start appearing when you start typing, and that isn't how it used to be. Yeah, that that uh, that has probably you know got something to do with it too. Um, well, it's it's a guess. <laughs> yeah, but coming back to the question that we promised to answer just before the break, um, why did Elsevista die in the end? Well, I think there was uh, it was to do with. Uh, the first of all, the technology and the quality of the results with Google, but it wasn't just a, about that. It was also about their relatively clever sort of marketing. You know, there's this story about they didn't spend money on marketing, but of course they did. It was just that they were exploiting network effects and getting some sort of niche trendiness about themselves to spread the word. The combination of the two things, I think, is what made Google successful. But it is Google's, Google is what killed AltaVista. You know, there was nothing else around that was going to kill it, but Google definitely knocked it on the head. Hello! We have Christian Breck on the line. Welcome back, Christian. 
I, I personally think that it was technology that killed the Delta Internet. And, and whether it was Google or, 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 or something else, in the end, uh, what, I, what, I tend to, what I tend to do when I'm sitting down with people and they say, should I be on Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever, uh, then I say, uh, let's go through what's called the post method, P-O-S-T, the People Objective Strategy Technology, and choose the technology last. So Google might not be around in five years, and Facebook might not. And actually, I will get back here now that uh, Facebook will, will, will leave before Google does. Uh, I, I personally think that, that we tend to look too much at brands, uh, MySpace, we do sample of that, uh, where, where we market ourselves through uh, technology instead of looking at the people whom we're trying to target. So I think technology feels out of this stuff. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I entirely agree. Um, I think you have to look at it from two sides. There's there's the core technology that Altavista, together with its owner since 2003, uh, Yahoo, probably had most of the coolest and best technology and patents. In the world, if you go back to 2003, four, um, they they got, of course, all the AltaVista technology. They had Inktomi, uh, they had uh, GoTo.com, they had um, uh, what was it? Um, there was a, there was a few more. Uh, well, the, big, the, the better the better past the better past of search and transfer in in, in Norway. Yeah. So they had like they had bunch. Of, of, of the most cool and amazing search technology in the world and all the patents that followed with, with the ownership of, the, of this. So, so, but, but I think where they failed was utilizing that. They, mm. they you know, didn't, we didn't get the amazing results out of it that they should have, that should have got, gotten from that, uh, uh, t- all that technology. Yeah. And of course, you, you could say that is a technology failure. Of, you know, of course it is. But they had all the, they had all the elements. They had all the, 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 the yeah, the, the components to, to, to have, have beaten Google. But, um, well, it was, not, it was not long after that that, they, that Yahoo took Google um, as its uh, results. So, well, you know, was, in, was, in a way, they sp- sped up the process. Yeah, well, well, that that was that was quite uh, a lot later. Uh, when was that? When was the first uh, Google uh, license with Yahoo? That's uh, late two thousands. Uh, well, anyway, it's a it's a few years after Elsa uh, Vista was bought up by by Yahoo. Um, yeah, so, but I think yeah. I think my my point though is that that Yahoo actually accelerated. You, you're right that they had all the technology and they didn't really have a mind to developed this great search engine and they went down down a path of bringing Google in because their focus was somewhere else. And so AltaVista yeah. and all of the other technologies that they did have, I agree with you, ended up being pushed into the back room. But there was but always something missing, my, my, guys. Yeah, there was always something missing. Like if you were, you were searching for something and it kind of lacked the relevancy or something. So I, yeah. I, I'm not saying that Google didn't kill I totally agree Google killed them, but I tend to want to look at this instead of looking at the browns per se. I, I want to look at the technology. Google has the better technology. I, I, I ran a search engine here in Iceland which was using fast, and we always got lousy results uh, results out of it. And it never got like it never had the it never had the extra the the, the, the little extra Google's always seems to have had against all the other search engines. And now, for example, if you look at Bing in the modern days. 
they 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 have won some contests in regards of travel services. They keep hammering me that they are a better travel service, but in reality they are shit. So Google is still the, by far the best search engine. They're not they're not perfect, but they are by far the best search engine. Yeah, well, you know, can always have arguments about the quality of search, but uh, but I, you know, essentially my claim is that um, the the failure. And, and what what essentially killed uh, uh, Vista was was bad management of that brand. Uh, uh, it was maybe because you know it was it went through different ownerships you know throughout the years in late nineties up until two thousand three where Yahoo um, uh, bought them as the last one. And 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 I I think some somewhere in that transferring. And also transferring between ownerships and hands and management and stuff, they kind of got lost. Uh, and 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 you know, I don't, I'm not saying that they definitely could have won the the battle against Google, but I think they could have at least have put up much better fight. <laughs> um, and um, so I think that was essentially the you know the bad management of the brand uh, that 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 killed it. And and officially last Monday. Yahoo, as we all know, uh, was put in grave. <laughs> and sorry, sorry, that was a mistake. Uh, and um, yeah, Elsevier, of course, was put in the grave. So now there is no more Elsevier. But really, who have been using Elsevier at all for the past four, five, <laughs> something years? Um, have any of you seen tons of referrals from uh, Elsa Vista? <laughs> I have to be honest. I thought it. I thought it had already gone. I didn't realize it was still around until I heard that news. Okay, we have to take a break um, because we have some sponsors that wants to say hi to you, and uh, so we will be back in a couple of minutes. Uh, so please stay with us and say hi to our sponsors, and we will continue this interesting debate. Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on webmasterradio.fm. <laughs> Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest in digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G digital.com. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. My name is Jim Gray, and I am a judge of the Superior Court in California. 
Did you know that since the federal government first banned marijuana in 1937, that usage in this country has gone up by about 4,000%? Or that an American is arrested on marijuana charges every 38 seconds? If you are wondering if any of this makes sense, you are not alone. To find out more, contact the Marijuana Policy Project at 1-877-JOIN-MPP or visit them on the web at mpp.org. Want to learn what it takes to drive truckloads of targeted traffic, convert the highest percentage of leads, and make the most money? Traffic leads money. On demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, back to Strike Point. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Strike Point and the last segment. Uh, my name is Mikkel de Svensson, and with me today I have Andy Atkins Gruger and Christian Mahauksen. So uh, welcome back. I want to round out this uh, great talk we had about Alta Vista. Um, we could probably talk about it for hours and hours, but I also want to talk about a few more things today. But but just before we start it. I want to throw out a question that I don't think we have to spend that much time on because I don't think we can disagree that much about it. Could the same thing happen today? So in other words, could, could the activist of today, Google, could they be, be uh, beaten out of the market by something like Google did with Altavista uh, just today? Uh, or in other words, you know, can Google's dominance ever be threatened? Well... Uh, theoretically and technically, yes, but it's not there yet. There's nothing out there that could do it today. But who can say that something couldn't emerge that could achieve it? Commercially and financially, very unlikely, because the scale of Google now is so huge that uh, even if you had great technology um, and uh, you know great ideas and, and a great approach, you'd, you'd need such a lot of cash. To, to get somewhere near to competing with Google. I think what's more likely is that, that a different technology would become more relevant. And, you know, the, one example might be, okay, we mentioned Facebook briefly earlier, uh, but maybe something like the Open Graph, something where users find things and log things, maybe something like that will take off eventually. But at the moment, theoretically, yes, it's possible it's very unlikely, and financially, I can't see it. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I can I, I'm, I, I'm absolutely sure that Google can theoretically be beaten by, you know, some competitor. Uh, but as you say, I don't think it's likely just around the corner. I think they start, they stand pretty strong as it is, uh, and and for all the reasons you just mentioned, it would be really, really difficult. But mm. again, I think it's, of course, you know. You could also look at the other way. Uh, in markets like Denmark, they have like a 99% penetration or something like that. There's only one way you can go from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, I mean, you know, you don't even have to be that good to take a small slice of that market. <laughs> but that doesn't mean actually, you still have they, they would still have dominance, of course. But <laughs> actually, Michael, the one the one thing that could actually cause Google. Uh, its its own or could cause the demise of Google might not be anything to do with technology. It might be regulation yeah. and legal issues. 
Yeah. yeah, it could be many things. And I also think that, you know, essentially, as I see it, there are two ways that theoretically, again, uh, somebody could beat Google. It could be two geeky guys in a garage, exactly what Google did uh, originally, had great ideas and just, you know, did it whatever way they had to do it. Uh, I think it's very likely that some kids could come up with some genius idea. However, due to the size issues that we, we discussed earlier in this uh, program, I think it's, it's m- much, much less likely now than ever that a couple of kids could pull this off to any size that would matter. I think I think the garage would have to be a six hundred thousand square foot <laughs> garage with several hundred people. <laughs> but there's also the other option, which had somehow been what what Microsoft had been trying to do, of course, with Bing, but maybe they did it wrong. I don't know. But the other way around, that some some big uh, uh, wealthy technology company takes it on to try and beat Google with search uh, head on. And, and, and I think I've been talking to, to a lot and I think it's interesting that I think the one company that could potentially actually do this would be Amazon. Okay. They have the technology, they have the infrastructure, they understand the yeah. market, they know how to make money, um, they they're, know how to... They're not as global. I mean, I, th- I think Amazon working with, with Apple would be a phenomenal combination mm-hmm. that might have legs. But mm-hmm. Amazon's actually regarded as a global player. But, it, you know, if you look at the number of countries they actually have a presence in, yes, they take sales from other countries as well, but it's a relatively small slice of the world. Yes, but it's, it's, it's a very profitable sure. side of the <laughs> so, so they could, they could, you know, take it from there and just take, you know, let, let Google have uh, North Korea and whatever. <laughs> Um, I mean, you know, essentially Amazon are, are, are really big in, in, in very, very important markets. Uh, I think. But anyway, as, as I said, I don't think we, we can probably disagree too much about the, the theoretical, uh, yeah. at least, idea that, of course, Google could, um, could, could lose shares. So I just want to jump into a few, uh, because we only have like 10 minutes left or something of the show, unless Brasco is really, really nice to us today. But he, he never is, so I guess we have to end on time. Anyway, um, there's been a new study out. Uh, I think I've seen similar things to this before, but there's a new study out that shows that 40% of consumers are unaware that Google AdWords are AdWords. So essentially, Google, uh, Google users are failing to see the difference between AdWords and natural search results. Um, I think I've seen similar studies like this before. Uh, and I also remember that some years ago, maybe Andy, you can remember that that FTC in the U.S. was was uh, requesting some better clarification of of ads and search results. Yeah. Uh, so I think this issue has been around for for many years, actually. Mm. Uh, I mean, I mean, this particular one is. Uh, I, I read what was that the, the how it was reported in the Telegraph, and they were talking about top listed adwords, which is interesting because I think the implication of this study is uh, more that the the fact that those ads in the top with a relatively pale backgrounds mm-hmm. are much more much easier to confuse as being part of the organic results and i think yeah. sometimes that's probably true hmm. does it matter I, I definitely think i definitely think it's true and i definitely think that there must there must be a fight going on internally in google where you have the the organic 
people they want to disclaim the ads more, so they want to make it more dark orange or something. Yeah. And and you have the ads people that know that that it's going to be more profitable for the advertisers if people confuse it uh, for for real search results. So they want to be as pale as possible. And I think it, it looks like they've been winning that that fight. <laughs> the, the, stu- um, the study I would I would like to see, but I don't know of one, and maybe somebody could point us in that direction. Is one that shows what percentage of the uh, the real estate on Google's results pages is given over to advertising and how that percentage has changed over time. Because mm. I'm, I get the feeling that there's less and less organic. I mean, but, you know, we've got these product listing ads now that are taking up the right-hand corner as well of the page. There's less no, of... No, but actually, this is the funny thing because as we talked about, when Google came out, it was, but there was no advertising and it actually went on for a few years before they got uh, the AdWords uh, program in place. So for, for a few years, um, gaining momentum, there was no ads on Google. So Google got known. Even my father, uh, my old father, <laughs> uh, knew Google as that advertising-free search engine. Mm. So that's how everybody got to like it. But but then the funny thing is, I remember when they got AdWords, and I think actually it was Danny Sullivan who, who made an article about it, where he counted how many ads are on the different search engines. And, and as it came out, Google was actually the search engine with the most individual ads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was I'm, still I'm, and and it was still known by most people as the ad-free search engine. Yeah. And I always thought that was the most clever trick ever. Imagine building the most um, advertising heavy media ever and then be known for the ad-free media. That, that is an amazing <laughs> Two public things. stunt. Two things. One is that uh, I, I was one of the guys that was negotiating with Google back in the days before AdWords um, for a banner which was that they wanted something like £20,000 or something for a month to appear at the top of all of Google's results. So they had banners occasionally in, in some markets when they managed to sell them, but they weren't very successful at selling them, which is why a lot of people didn't see them. But the, the other thing is, I'm not talking about the number of ads. I'm talking about the actual area, the space yeah, of the yeah. page that's giving over, with all these site links and extra little combinations of things, plus the product listing ads. You know, you talked right. about a, a lot of the space of the page is now given over yeah. to advertise. Andy, I, I yes. can say, guys, we've, we've been doing some tests on this uh, internally uh, with, with the pay-per-click team in, in my office. And, and we've seen up to 70% uh, belonging to something else than organic or, or this, this, what yeah. you might call the organic link. So you have, uh, uh, you have the, uh, uh, the snippet, you have the, all the pay-per-click ads uh, on the top, on the left, on the right, sorry, on the bottom. Bottom, and then then uh, you have uh, 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 listings of, of maps and stuff like that. So depending on what type of Google you're searching on, we have seen up to seventy percent being non-organic. But then again, you can argue what is organic. But it, 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 it's massive, and they are definitely studying, trying to uh, uh, identify how they can make the most of it. But I think it's going to be proper for them if, if I go on my smartphone and I search on Google for something. I'm starting to see close to no ads on my phone, which is starting to be that I'll probably back to the old days where Google was ad-free. And I can say, <laughs> yeah, Google is still ad-free, but it's on the mobile phone. So it's yeah. like, yeah. That's probably not going to last. <laughs> no, I know. But, but, <laughs> so I go on anyway, 
anyway, it's it's just uh, interesting news um, to follow. Uh, I don't know what what you guys say. It's just to round that off. Uh, in my opinion, being mostly concerned about organic results uh, and doing SEO, um, I would of course love to see the ads being 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 more you know specifically pointed out as being ads. Maybe the background color should be more dark or uh, something. I would love that. <laughs> but uh, actually, there's a there's a question too about Google's own ads, which I don't know if anybody's ever measured the quantity. I mean, somebody must have done the FTC or somebody, but there are an awful lot of them uh, where, yeah. where Google sort of presents its own products in ads. Um, and, you know, I'm looking for the, I've never seen where they start to highlight the fact that this is for their own services and give you the alternative, which is something that they've promised the Euro- European Commission that they're going to do. And it'll be interesting to see how that eventually look what it looks like. You know, how will it change things? Will it change things? This this all ties into what you just said earlier in the in the program is that maybe the biggest threat to Google is is legislation and 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 stuff that that hinders them in in making the money that they need to survive. Yeah. So not Facebook or not Bing or whatever, just like the European Union or or whatever it is that will stop them. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> might very well be. <laughs> okay, we only have a couple of minutes left, but I think we can just uh, get a couple of comments on, if you have any, um, on uh, the fact that now both UK and Germany are joining France in demanding Google rewrites its privacy policies. And I know this has been up um, a few times in the past as well. But what do you guys think about that? Well, I think it's uh, just just what we were precisely talking about a moment ago. I think it's regulators beginning to slowly catch up with uh, the power. I mean, <laughs> the the sheer influence of these, not just Google, but these large technology companies with these huge, great databases. And we had this big scandal in the UK that was the result of this um, Edward Snowden revealing yeah. what, what had been going on in terms of spying. And, you know, there is a kind of a link in that if you can get into Google's data centers and look at all the information that's in there and how people are searching, you can track people down and figure out all sorts of things. So I think this is this is an example of the regulators starting to uh, motor down that path. But it will take them years. In the end, yeah. it's the question, who owns, who owns the data? Who owns the data? That's, that is the question. Does Google own it or, or does, does the... Uh, the uh, CIA or whatever it is, who owns the data? <laughs> yeah. we, we, we don't know, but we are concerned consumers and we're sure going to follow what, what's going to go on with that as it moves on. We will have probably zero influence on it anyway. So, um, yeah. unfortunately, we are running, running out of time today. Uh, one hour goes really, really fast with you guys. Um, I'm looking forward to a lot of more news shows with SidePoint. Um Usually it's going to be just with Andy or, or either Andy or Christian on one of the shows, but we're probably going to jump into each other again, yeah, all of us. So I hope uh, you will follow StrikePoint now and uh, come back next Monday for a fresh new show. See you all next week. Bye. This has been a presentation of webmasterradio.fm. 
the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.